आई वी एम हेलो एंड वेलकम टू स्टेट्स ऑफ अनाकी माय नेम इज हमसनी हरिहरन Every week on the podcast we discuss important questions in global affairs and foreign policy all in the hope of making a little more sense of the world around us. This week is a special Q&A episode where we answer listener questions from you. With the COVID-19 pandemic changing every aspect of our lives as we know it, the geopolitics of it is complicated and messy. The latest variant in India has wreaked havoc on its public health systems. and it's reached far into indian villages and we just don't know when things will get better and our question for today is related to covid-19 surabhi asks is it fair to call it the indian variant or uk or african for that matter when last time we were all rushing to not label covid-19 as a chinese virus thank you so much for your question surabhi I agree that referring to the new strain as the Indian variant is unthinking and to be honest even I've done it. Also, have you noticed how many people in India refer to COVID-19 as a China virus but take offense to it being called an Indian strain? Many of you might think that it's not a big deal, but history has shown time and again that disease naming can be devastating to a place or to a group's reputation. The problem is the alternative scientific names are almost impossible for us to remember. In fact, even Salim Abdul Karim who helped name the variant discovered in South Africa said and I quote, "501y.v2 is such a mouthful to say. It's a terrible name. You wouldn't want to call your child 501y.v2." End quote. We definitely won't. Maybe Elon Musk would, but that's debatable. Now Karim acknowledges that it's quite natural that the South African variant became popular. In fact, variant names have been used liberally in multiple notable publications also. However, there is no doubt that it's both stigmatizing and just plain inaccurate. Take the Spanish flu for example, also recognized as the 1918 plague. Its official name, the Naples soldier, was known only in Spain, who refused to take the blame. Though the disease had already surfaced in the US and France for months before, the newspapers in those countries were censored. This meant that the first time people heard of the disease was when it hit Spain. An Aeon report articulates the mindset behind this well. Quote, "The naming of diseases has always been as much about politics and the human need to identify a scapegoat as it has been about accurately labeling a new threat to life." End quote. Even a century later, 1918 and Spain still suffer the misfortune of having this permanent affiliation to its name. Think about other instances of geographical naming, like the Middle East respiratory syndrome. The Ebola virus is named after the river Ebola in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The Zika virus is named after the Zika forest in Uganda. The problem with attributing these names to an area, apart from the obvious political blame game, is that they become identifiers for that place and obviously quite negative ones if that's the only thing people know about the region and this stigma isn't confined to just places the h1n1 epidemic of 2009 more commonly known as the swine flu was a terrible misnomer the epidemic was spread by humans not pigs 
but the misinformation resulted in the mass slaughtering of about 3 lakh pigs belonging to a minority community in Egypt similarly aids or the acquired immunodeficiency syndrome was originally only prevalent among gay men back then the disease was labeled gay related immune deficiency or grid as you can guess it didn't do any favors for destigmatizing the already marginalized community of lgbtq people in fact it was made even worse because straight people blatantly ignored it and research into aids received minuscule funding to counter all of these negative effects of misnaming the world health organization issued guidelines on disease naming in 2015 in their address they said and i quote the use of names such as swine flu and middle east respiratory syndrome has had unintended negative impacts by stigmatizing certain communities or economic sectors end quote the directives went on to say that disease names should include any generic descriptive terms like respiratory disease neurological syndrome etc these can be added upon when new information about the disease is discovered the who was firm in dictating what should not figure into the names that includes geographical locations people's names species of animal or food additionally mentions of cultural population industry or occupational references and terms that incite undue fear such as unknown fatal epidemic must also be avoided specifically with covid-19 who went to great lengths to make sure that the disease wasn't referred to the china virus or the wuhan virus despite that the rise in anti asian hate crimes and xenophobia in general is quite apparent we have the live example of american president donald trump refusing to refer to the disease by its given name instead resorting to calling it the china virus or the wuhan virus this is exactly why it's so important to consciously avoid such adjectives that would perpetuate discrimination and alienation with multiple mutations of the coronavirus cropping up even scientists are struggling to keep up with nomenclature and to resolve this dilemma who is recalibrating its virus and disease naming systems so that it can create one that's modeled after the naming of tropical storms and hurricanes a report by the hindu quoted who chief scientist samya swaminathan saying quote the new naming system should go live soon yes it will be names like hurricanes this is so as not to stigmatize and deincentivize countries from making their sequencing results public it will also be easier for the lay public to remember rather than those complicated lineage numbers end quote with this new naming convention we'll hopefully learn to be more culturally and politically sensitive in our reportage and in our conversations about the pandemic i hope you'll also keep it in mind the current wave is difficult on all of us so please remember to mask up stay indoors as much as possible and be kind If you have any questions about international relations like Surabhi's then you can ask me and I'll feature them every fortnight on the podcast. You can email me at ibmstatesofanarchy@gmail.com. You can also send me a DM on Instagram at statesofanarchy or on Twitter at humsneh. Also follow our Instagram page for quizzes, fun posts, news roundups and so much more. On this episode and a lot of the social media I get help from Ayushmita Bhattacharjee. If you want to support States of Anarchy, then recommend us to at least one friend. You can also leave us a rating on iTunes. 
You can listen to States of Anarchy on whatever podcast app you use. We'll be back next Tuesday.